0: Amen. I'm glad that Lily's moving to Momentum Youth. It means that she can help bring some stability. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your work cut out, but hey, I'm I'm trusting in the Hull sisters to help faith. <laughs> 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 Amen. <laughs> okay. Um for those that may be wondering, uh, just keep Trev and Adrian in your prayers. I mentioned it last week. They are over in Stahl uh, and are speaking at Stahl Church of Christ today. So we're believing that Trev's going to rock the house in his style of preaching over there. He may, you know, they may have to turn up the hearing aids just to catch everything he has to say. But I know that he's going to do an amazing job, you know. So um, I mentioned last week, I really love the fact that, you know, last week, Wilson was speaking at Peel Street today. Trevor's over at Stall. I, I just love the fact that we have people and we've got the ability in our house uh, to be able to send out and to be a blessing in other churches. So that, that's, that, that's really magnificent. Actually, later in the, later this year, one, another of the local churches, not a Church of Christ, one of the AOG churches, the pastor's going in for a, a reasonably severe uh, operation. It's a, one of the, the smaller churches in Ballarat, but he's having some of his leg amputated. Um, yet, if you were to speak to Ian, you wouldn't know. Um, that there was even an issue. He's just been carrying an injury for like 20 years. He's made a decision. His kids reckon it's awesome. They can't wait to see the prosthetic leg that he's going to have. Um, so in that, we just need to keep him in, uh, in our prayers. But at the same time, it means that we're also able to say, hey, listen, you're out of action for two to three months, so we've got a couple of people that can come and bless you and bless your house, you know. So that's a good thing. Anyway, <sighs> how's your week? Good? Great? I've had an interesting start to the week. I had a really interesting start to the week. I, um, during the week, we were really fortunate because we, um, we, uh, we had what I consider to be a really important thing done in the house. So <laughs> we had Nick, who is not only a qualified plumber, but apparently a qualified excellent barista too. But, you know, we've got to see that. So Nick came and... He did what I've always wanted. He plumbed our coffee machine. Now, some of you are thinking, what do you mean? Isn't it plumbed already? Well, no, no, it wasn't. We were just sucking water through a filter out of a, you know, out of a container to you know, feed our uh, love of coffee. You know, not addiction. It's spelled L-O-V-E. Yeah? And so, so Nick came and he plumbed it and it was awesome. And he said, hey, Andrew, I've done it. It's all good. There doesn't seem to be a leak, but I've left it off just in case. No worries. Two days later, I come along. Oh, this is going to be so good. I get underneath the cupboard. I turn the water on at the pressure valve, and I hear it go clunk. So I'm waiting. There's no leaking. All right, turn the machine on. I wait 20 minutes. All the pressure's up. I'm start, I make myself a coffee. It's not bad. It actually just, it's easier to make a coffee. make myself a second coffee. Like... <laughs> I'm, I'm just, there's no one else here. You know, it was so good. It was. I think it was a Wednesday afternoon. And I had a couple. Anyway, so after an hour, I go, you know what? I'm satisfied. I know Nick said he left it off because it might be a leak. There is no leak. I'm leaving it on, and I left. <laughs> Thursday morning, I come in, not, not noticing anything, you know, different. Walk around into the kitchen, and there's just a little bit of moisture on the coffee machine. Something a little bit different. It almost felt like someone had used it. I didn't know what what it was, and so I, I, I as I stepped just on the tile, um, it was like it was a little bit wet. So I moved where we put the coffee, you know, the coffee grounds that have been used, and there's all this water. Oh, what's that? So I open up the cupboard, and. I can't see anything. Go, well, it's not leaking. So I stick my head underneath there and it was like a sauna because it was, it was actually dripping hot water. There's all this condensation everywhere. I thought, I'd better clean that. But well, where's it coming from? So I, I check Nick's work because I'm a qualified plumber not. So I'm going to check the qualified plumber's work. You know? So I get a tea towel, I start wiping it all down. And go, oh, it's not leaking from there. I can't blame him. <laughs> you know? Because well, where's it leaking from? And I have a look at this bucket that catches just the overflow of water, and it's empty. So it seemed. I don't know where it's coming from. So I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll take the bucket out. As I touch the bucket, the water at the top of the bucket goes bloop, 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 bloop. It, just, it was so full that it looked empty. So I had to get another bucket to try to empty that bucket before I could move that bucket. Inside the cupboard, there was water everywhere. Underneath the kitchen, there was just water on the concrete. And then I thought, how bad is it? So I come back around to have a look at this side. And no kidding, those dark grey tiles were almost black with the water that they had soaked up. So here I am, one by one. I go, what am I going to do? So I ring, Barry, Barry! Our carpet tiles that you've worked so hard to cut and fit. We've had a bit of a water leak. What do I do? Well, what do I do? What do do you do, Barry? Can you come from work and leave work and help me? I didn't say that. But he goes, well, what you'll need to do, you'll need to lift the tiles because you won't know how far the water's gone underneath the rubber bags. That's your advice? I've got to actually get down and do this. Okay, thanks, Barry, for your help. Bye. right. (laughs) So then I, I move one tile, oh, there's a lot of water. I move another tile, oh, there's a lot of water. Moving By the time I moved about four or five rows this way, the water had stopped, and it went all the way to the heater. So I've got all these tiles, and I'm trying to walk them outside while they're dripping, and I put them in the sun outside. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? <sighs> Just relax. I can't have my coffee now. I can't have my coffee. I'll go to the toilet. That's what I'll do. I'm going to go to the toilet. I go into the toilet, and as I go into the urinal, the urinal's leaking. I know it's had a problem, but why is it leaking today? And then meanwhile, I can hear this water running in the background. Because if you're inside the men's toilets, the pipes must be underneath there somewhere. You can hear it. What is that? So I go into the other, the, the men's toilet, the, the more serious part of the men's toilet. And, and it's not just leaking, it's a running fountain, you know, like, I could have put, like, stones and fish and put, put leaves and it could have been, uh, like, some, some sort of waterworks. It's, like, flat out, hey, what am I going to do? So I'm pressing the buttons, because when it's leaking, that's what you do. You press the buttons in the hope that you might reset whatever's not right. You know, Pressing it? No. I'm even hitting it. Come on. You can, I can fix this. If This is what Arthur Fonzarelli would do in Happy Days. He would just go... And it had stopped leaking. So I tried that, nothing. I'm going to have to take the top off it. I can't believe it. I'm going to have to take the top off the toilet. So I take the top off the toilet. I have no idea what I'm looking at. I've never looked inside one of those things before. I don't even know what you call them. The system. There you go. Thank you, right? So I'm looking inside it and all I can see is this float that's hanging funny. So I'm, oh, I don't even want to touch it. You know, the water's clean anyway, but in my head I'm freaking out, the coffee machine's leaking, you know. So I move this float and, and eventually the water starts coming up, but it doesn't really come up, and it starts running even more from from inside the toilet itself. I'm gonna to have to turn off the water. This is not my day. I can't even make a coffee. Look what's going on. So I ring up the coffee guy. So Han, help! He goes, All right. What's your plumber done? <laughs> I go, it's not the plumbing. He goes, it'll be this. It'll be what we call a solenoid. I'll get there either later today or tomorrow. I go, tomorrow? Tomorrow, it's leaking today. i need a coffee today. <laughs> it wasn't a great start to the week, even though I was in the middle of it. Oh, you don't want to know about the coffee I got from there the other day? That wasn't a well-spent $3.50. Anyway. Well, what I learnt was I needed to do something. I needed to make a move. Has anyone ever had moments like that or weeks like that? Seasons like that where stuff just one thing after the other just seems to happen. Like, it was really funny because when I was... Cleaning up the water that had leaked. As I go to clean, I can see some of the things that I've not finished properly. There was an old roll of carpet from out there that I remember when we were starting church one day, I thought oh, I've got to get rid of it. I'll just put it underneath the kitchen cupboards. So, with the water that's leaking, what do you think happened to that piece of carpet? I went to pick it up. It was like drip, 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 all the way out the door. Then I go to mop and I can't mop. Why, why can't I mop? I have a look and there's these strips of timber. Andrew, why didn't you take those out when you were supposed to? It just got, went from worse to worse. I guess I could have stayed there and just been really dis- disappointed, upset, miserable. Could have stayed you know, swimming, backstroking in the water that was there. Though the concrete now is really clean but i chose to move i chose to do something and over the last month you know here at church we've been talking about moving you think we haven't been talking about moving you've been talking about crossing over yeah we've been talking about moving we've been talking about walking we've been talking about stepping into our promised land we've been talking about actually moving into all that god has for us and over the last four or five weeks, seriously, if you've not been here, if you've missed any of those messages, not because, because it was Wilson, not because it was me, but there was just some wonderful revelation, truth in those teachings that God has brought us through into 2016. So can I encourage you to get your hand on a copy? Even grab it online. You can go to our website and you can find a section where you can actually download it or listen to it straight from there. Okay, so whatever you need to do, grab it. There's some really good stuff there because if we don't start moving, if we don't walk, if we don't step, we'll actually never cross over into our promise. And the problem is we'll never possess all that daddy has for us if we get stuck in the seasons that we find ourselves in. We would never have had the stuff out there fixed and working if I just stayed in that moment. You know, our coffee guy came out, did his bit, our qualified, knows what he's doing plumber came out and did his bit. It'll never happen again. Toilet's not leaking. Even if the coffee machine leaks, the water will go into the drainage, not into a bucket. It's so good. Look, it's just breath of life, you know, because I chose to move and so things happen that needed to happen. Does that make any sense? So today I want to I look at this. If we don't move in the stuff we're going through, we're going to get stuck in the stuff we're going through, Yeah? I know that's really good English. But if we don't move in the stuff we're going through, we're going to get stuck in the stuff that we're going through. So, and the only way for us to possess our promise is to move through the season we're in. So I said from the beginning, in the beginning of this year, that it's really important for us to reach our promise. It's important for us to get to our promised land, to cross over. It's important that we hear Daddy speak to us the new word that he has for us, yeah? Because when he speaks... To us, the word is for us to work through us, for those around us. And if we miss that word where God wants to take us, it's not just us that's missing out, it's those around us that are missing out as well. So at times, and I shared this last week, at times the person that's next to you right now, their breakthrough is dependent on you. So next time you go to complain about someone, just know it may be your fault that they're where they're at. Because you haven't heard the word of God for you to work through you for those around you. Amen. All right. So here we go. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for all that you are. I thank you for all that you are for us. I thank you for what you desire for us, the promise and the purpose that you have for our life. And this day, God, I just pray that you would speak so clearly to us, Lord, that we would I guess be empowered with the tools that we need, the knowledge that we need, the understanding and peace that we need, Father, to step into our promise, to move to our promised land, to cross over into all that 2016 has for us. So Lord God, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Challenge, stir, do what you need to do to bring us to that place, Lord, where we will move forward and bring you glory. And all these people said? Amen. Okay, now... The truth is, like me during the week, we don't always know why these things happen to us, do we? Like, really, we don't know. I had no idea why that coffee machine broke. It was such a wicked thing to happen. Like, seriously. But sometimes it's even deeper than that. Maybe we've got a friend that we thought we would be friends with forever, but they're no longer our friends because they've moved out, they've moved away. And so now we have to make new friends. You know, maybe it's work. Things are going really good at work and you've got all this favour, but all of a sudden stuff starts to get really hard. Like really hard. And in fact, you don't even like going to work anymore. You know, you don't enjoy it. You're more enduring it. There's conflict there. It's a struggle just to go. You know, anyone know those types of feelings? Yeah, or those types of seasons? You know, sometimes... God lets us be uncomfortable in the now so he can bless us later. You've got to get this. Sometimes God lets us be uncomfortable in the now so he can bless us later. You know, often we pray and we say, God, you know, Lord, don't let me go this way. Close this door if it's not right for me, yeah? Well, I've prayed that before. If it's not right, close the door and open another one. The problem is when God actually closes a door, I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like that was the door that was supposed to be open. At least that was what my wisdom told me. And so I get upset about it. Anyone else ever got upset when God seems to close a door? We don't like it. We don't understand it. But the thing is that when he does that, later on, he's actually going to open up a bigger door. Yeah. And through the bigger door, he's going to take us to a new level in our journey with him. It's really quiet in here. You people are so quiet. If you're quiet at the picnic, I'm not playing cricket with you. You know, I want to suggest that God isn't concerned about our comfort as he is our purpose. Yeah, He's not concerned so much about our comfort as he is our purpose. You just have to look at the life of Paul and everything that he went through. I mean, if God was concerned with comfort, mate, poor Paul. He got stoned. He got beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was blind for three days. He got bitten by a snake. My goodness, probably what's not even written, he probably even got bitten by some, uh, you know, Arabic spider. Who knows? Some people here know I'm a little bit, you know, arachnophobic. Who knows? But that wouldn't have been comfortable. Because Christianity is not about comfort or being comfortable. It's just not. Jesus wasn't comfortable when he was hanging on the cross. Yeah? So if he wasn't comfortable in his life and on the cross, why would we expect or imagine anything different if we're being made into him? Glory to glory, strength to strength. Yeah? There's more to it than that. Christianity is more to it than that. You know, sometimes your best buddy just upsets you. They frustrate you. They do the wrong thing by you. Or you lose a loved one, you know, or your business goes down, or you lose a job, or you fail an exam. All of that stuff is really frustrating and it hurts. But God uses those things. He uses those seasons. The loss, the betrayal, the persecution, the defeat. He uses every season to change us, to make us more like Jesus, doesn't he? He's not trying to make our life miserable. That's not what he does. But he's helping us in the seasons that we're in to get toward and move toward our promise, to a place where we can cross over. Amen? You know, last week I shared that Joshua was asked time and time again to be strong and courageous because on the way to the promised land, on the way to possessing all that God had for the children of Israel, It's an unknown path that he had to go and that only Father God can lead us where we've never been. In fact, in Joshua 3, just for those of you, just as a recap and for those of you that may not have been here, from verse 3, it says, giving orders to the people, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Verse 4, then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. Joshua had never been that way before and so I said last week for you and me when it comes to moving he's going to lead us down an unknown path he's going to lead us down an unknown path and like Joshua we need to be strong and courageous and I want to recap on this because it's really important for what I I want to try to say today for us that means that we're not going to have all the answers all of the time we're not and that means we're not always going to know what to do next and that means at times we're going to be completely out of our comfort zone. It means we're going to be completely uncomfortable. And, and I shared, yeah, and I shared that if we have all the answers, if we always know what to do next, if we feel comfortable in everything we do all of the time, then maybe we've left our camp before we saw the ark move. Maybe we've left the spot that God had positioned us before he actually moved because here it says, don't move till you see the Levitical priest and ark moving because then you, as you follow him, you'll, you'll be able to go because you don't know where you're going. Some of us have moved before we were supposed to move because we want to have it in control. We want to be comfortable. We want to know which way we're heading. But his plan is not about our comfort. It's about helping us fulfill our purpose and to take us to where we've never been, our promised land. Our destiny in and with and through him. You know, I reckon that's really exciting to know that. Every closed door is not a bad thing. When you look to the person next to you and just say, every closed door is not a bad thing. Oh, you've got to say it louder than that. You're so quiet, I'm going to throw water out there. Ben, your lips did not even move. Every person that walks away from your life is not a mistake. Daddy just knows that you wouldn't go without a little bit of a push, without a challenge. See, the Israelites would never have crossed the Red Sea with Moses without the Egyptians closing in. Yeah? When everything's good and we're comfortable, we don't want to have to stretch. We don't want to have to find new friends. We don't want to have to develop new skills. We We don't want to have to step into the unknown. None of us want to do that especially when we're comfortable. The Israelites didn't want to leave Egypt. They were comfortable. They didn't want to stretch. And the thought of what lay ahead was, I'd I'd rather stay here. It's much easier for me to stay here. They would have preferred to have stayed with the devil they knew than the God they didn't, yeah? I quoted last week a friend of mine, Pastor Dave Ryder, and he said, vision is immediate. Possession is a journey. To get to our promised lands a journey. So today, let's have a look at Joseph, poor old Joseph. So if you've got your Bibles, Genesis 37, Genesis 37, verse 3. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. What a great life. He's favored above everybody else in his family. He's eaten a bit. He was the special one, so special he got special gifts. But in this case, it wasn't a small gift that could be hidden. The gift was so big that everyone in his family could see it. So for the parents here, have you ever bought something for one child and not the other and in the hope that the others wouldn't find out, you know, (laughs) Don't stir your brother about it. Don't tell your sister. Put it away before they see it. No one's ever done that. Just just Mel and I make that mistake, do we? Yeah? You think I would have learned after all the others. But he got a gift so large that everyone could see it. And I reckon that Joseph felt like he was walking on water. He would have felt like he was doing a Michael Jackson moonwalk, you know? He would have been doing a spin and saying, mate, check out my coat. Man, dad loves me more than all of you. <laughs> suffer. you know. In the western suburbs, we would say something like, suffer in your jocks. You can't say that because we're not in the western suburbs of Melbourne. So he would have felt on top of the world. And I reckon we've all had moments like that, haven't we? Where we've nailed an exam. We've got a job that we didn't think we were going to get. Maybe your business just scored a huge client. Something just came through that blew you away. In fact, the girl that you really admired or the guy that you just just were in awe of actually notices you and, 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 and you end up with them because they like you. It's like, oh, life doesn't get any better than this. It was like that for Melanie. Life doesn't get any better than this. But maybe it's an encounter with daddy. Maybe it's an encounter with God that we just don't want to leave his presence. Yeah, it's just so good, so tangible. He's touching me and such I don't want to leave this place. Don't talk to me, don't talk. just leave me here. Anyone have had moments like that? Great moments. Joseph would have felt like that, like walking on water, like finally the coffee machine is plumbed. But then a new season, a new circumstance, a new experience, yeah? Genesis 37 from verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, this gift that just had him feeling on top of the world, the ornate robe he was wearing. And they took him and threw him in the cistern. I hope it was bigger than that one. <laughs> the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. It's like our cistern, wasn't it? And they sat down to eat their meal. They looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So verse 28, So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and they sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. One minute, life's brilliant. Absolutely stunning. He is on top of the world. He's driving a Nissan Navara. You know, like life is good for him. And the next he gets hit for six. He has to drive a Magna or something. He sold to slave merchants. And while he's still trying to work out what's going on, what have my brothers done, he sold again. So Genesis 9 verse 1 says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. He's gone from life is brilliant. So I can't believe the hole I find myself in. So, oh my goodness, where are they taking me? And then he sold again. Now he's a slave in Potiphar's house. Now Joseph could have decided at that point to give up. There's moments in our lives where you can decide to give up. On that Thursday, I really just wanted to walk out the front door. Faith came running in the door. And she goes, what are you doing? I go, oh, there's been a water leak. Can you help me? She goes, no, got to go in a hurry. She ran in and ran out and left me there. Yes, you did. No, you did not. (laughs) Joseph could have decided to give up right there. He could have decided at that point that that was the lot in his life. That was it. That's as good as it's going to get. He could have stayed stuck there in his stuff and never moved on to possess the promise. His promise. See, we may not like it, but if God hadn't closed those doors, we would be satisfied to stay where we were. And if that hadn't have happened to Joseph, he would have been satisfied to stay with his dad wearing his colourful coat, yeah? But God loves us too much to let us miss our destiny. That's how good our God is. The truth is, we have too much potential. Too much potential. And you have too much potential. Emily, you have too much potential. We have potential. You know, Mick, too much potential. God's not going to let us waste our destiny. Too much talent and there's too much in us to get stuck where we are. There was too much in Joseph for Joseph to be stuck where he found himself. See, life's a journey and when we realise that, we can start to look at our seasons and our circumstances differently. But we have to realize it's a journey. We need to be a little bit like Paul because Paul worked it out. Philippians 4, verse 11. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. What Paul was saying is that I've learned to handle the different seasons I go through and I rejoice in them all, no matter what they are. And if you and I can be like Paul, content in all circumstances, in every season we find ourselves in, we'll start to understand that every circumstance and every season actually has a purpose for our life. I was with um, Pastor Don Gall this week, and he was talking about uh, Shane, who's taken over at Cadinia Church here in Ballarat. And this is Shane's first time in ministry. And Don was saying, you know, my daughter grew up in a family that was in ministry, but Shane was never like that. But he goes, as I watch him step into his role and we talk about what he went through in life with his family and in his business, he goes, it was obvious that God had used it all for this moment right now. Yeah? When we understand that every circumstances and season has a purpose, we'll know that even the tough stuff we'll be able to say, this is going to pass. It's okay. You know, when we really understand that vision's immediate, possession's a journey, it'll help us not to get stuck in the stuff that we find ourselves in. Joseph knew that secret. He so knew that secret. So you can hate the moment. That's okay. We can hate the moments we find ourselves in, but we're not supposed to get stuck there. Life's a journey, and the possession of our promise will be a journey. We're not to get stuck there. Joseph... You didn't get stuck there. You know, Papa will use the situations, the circumstances and the seasons that force us to stretch and help us to grow. Every difficulty that you've been through, every bad week, every bad break, every person that did the wrong thing by you, the person that sold you, the dodgy car, everything that you've been through, that wasn't meant to stop you. It's meant to push us. It's meant to mature us. It's to make us stronger. It's deposited something on the inside of us that has made us into who we are, yeah? What Joseph went through, what Paul went through, made them the men of God that they are and were, yeah? What we go through doesn't define us. Who he is and who we are in him, that's what defines us. Sons and daughters of the living God, heirs and co-heirs, citizens of heaven. We're not to get stuck in the stuff that we're going through. I, I, I love Ecclesiastes in chapter 3 because as you read it from verse 3, it, it just tells you that you're not supposed to get stuck. For everything that is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to, a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Ecclesiastes teaches us that we're to move from one season to the next. We're not supposed to get stuck there. We're never supposed to get stuck there. Joseph would never have led Egypt if he was still in the cistern, stuck there, grumbling about where he was reminiscing about the good old days, yeah? We can't get stuck in the good times or the bad times. And so often, Christians, we get stuck in the bad times. And there are Christians who get stuck in the good times. Oh, I used to be like this. God used to speak to me like that. Oh, back then, this is what happened. And then others are like, I can't believe I find myself here. Everybody else gets all the good things. Why does this only happen? And we get stuck. And we never move on to the very... To possess the very thing that God has for us. And they let those things define them, don't they? Martin Luther King Jr. said, When I die, what a brilliant quote this is. When I die, I don't want you to remember me for either the mountaintop experiences or the dark valleys. Don't let one moment be the definition of who I am. Let the sum total of my life speak for itself. Yeah? How good is that? When I die, I don't want you to remember me for either the mountaintop experiences or the dark valleys. Don't let one moment be the definition of who I am. Let the sum total of my life speak for itself. Don't get stuck where you are. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. it. You owe it to yourself. And in fact, you owe it to those around you. Don't get stuck where you are. If we don't move in the stuff we're going through, we're going to get stuck in the stuff that we're going through. And if we're stuck, we'll never possess our promise. Praise God that Joseph didn't get stuck in the moment or in the season. He decided, not, he decided to move on. He decided to do his best. He didn't reminisce on the good old days. He didn't get upset because it was so much better. And look where I am now. He decided to move on. Genesis 39 verse 2 and 3 says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. Why was the Lord with Joseph? Because he decided to praise God regardless of where he found himself. Regardless of where he found himself, he always put the Lord first. And so here it says that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. The Lord just blessed his socks off, didn't he? Everywhere he went, he was blessed. The Lord was blessing him in the stuff he found himself in because he chose to move in it and move through it and not get stuck. He could have chosen to grumble and to complain and to murmur and to gossip. He could have chosen all of that. He could have chosen to focus where he came from. It was so much better with my dad. He could have chosen all of that. But he chose. See, our choices, not chances, determine our destiny. And he chose to move in the stuff he was going through rather than get stuck in it. And Father God was with him in every season. Papa blessed him. Yeah, Daddy blessed him. See, you and I, we're more than one season in our life, yeah? You've got to believe it for yourself. You and I are more than one season in our life. And I I can't help but be almost bemused by it because just when it was all back together, just when everything was travelling well, bam, Joseph cops it again. Genesis 39, 7, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. We're jumping to verse 11. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and he ran out of the house. We're jumping to verse 19. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how you, your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. One minute he's got it all together all over again. He's walking on water again. Like life is good. God is blessing me. One minute he's happy. One minute he's traveling well. In fact, maybe he was even comfortable. Yeah? Maybe what happened is because he started to get comfortable where he was at and that wasn't the complete purpose that God had intended for his life. Yeah? And then all of a sudden, just like that, now he's in jail. Now I don't know about you, but another season like that, and I reckon I would have given up. Another season like that, I think most of us probably would have said, that's it, I've had enough. Some of us would have got stuck in the stuff that we were going through and some of us would have missed possessing our promise of crossing over into the promise. But not Joseph and Mount Clear Church, not us either. Not us either. We need to get this. Like Joseph, we won't be prepared for the new levels that Daddy has for us this year if we don't go through some stuff. Yeah, He won't be able to bring you where he wants to bring you if you don't go through some stuff. Don't complain about what didn't work. The job you lost, the partner that left you, your friend that doesn't love you, the loved one that went to be with the Lord. Daddy sees it all and he'll use it all for you. He will. One season doesn't define you. Don't get stuck where you are. If we don't move in the stuff that we're going through, we're going to get stuck in the stuff that we're going through. Joseph knew that. Paul knew that. And yet they kept moving. They kept looking to Father God. They kept trusting. They kept moving from one season to the next season. And they never got stuck in that stuff. You know, when we face difficulty, especially things that we don't understand, yeah, instead of being critical or complaining or being negative, we need to have a brand new perspective. See, we're Christians. We're Christians. means we're Christ ones. The very power the fullness of God lives in his son and his son lives in us. We're Christians. We're Christ ones. We're the example of God to a lost and a dying world. See, we need to have a new perspective. And when we're going through this stuff, we're supposed to be saying this. This is not meant to stop me, no. It's meant to promote me, yeah? Yeah? I may be uncomfortable and I might not like where I'm at at the moment, but I know God's using it to push me to another level and I can't wait till I get to that level. A level of greater influence. A level that takes us closer to our purpose, to our promise, to our possession, yeah, of crossing over. See, we're not one season in our life. We are so much more. The richest people that you can have around you are those that have journeyed through stuff and have looked to God through it all. Because when you spend time with them, you think, wow, they are just so wise. God's just with them and in them and speaks through them. What is it about them? It's because in every season they've turned back to God. They've lifted his name and they've walked through their stuff. Joseph wasn't the best season in his life. It wasn't the colored coat or the seasons of favor that made him who he was. He wasn't the worst season of his life being sold into slavery or even being thrown into prison. All of that was on his resume. Yeah, all of that was was a part of who he was. But it's not who he was. He didn't let the season define him, and in fact, nor did he let the people around him define him because of what they knew he went through. Yeah, you and I. We can't let the seasons we go through define us and we can't let those that are around us that know what we've been through define us. Amen? Because it's only Him that defines us and who we are in Him. That's why we need to, sometimes we need to move on from Moses' people in our lives. Because the Moses' people will help define us, but it's the Joshua people that help propel us into our promised land. know, why do we all stand Because there's some truth in this. Can I have the worship team, please, Ben? See, sometimes when we're comfortable, Daddy could come along and he could stir up the nest. I know none of you want to hear that. But sometimes if we're comfortable in life, Father God will come and stir up the nest. Now, let me say this. He doesn't send trouble. God does not send trouble, but he'll use the difficulty we find ourselves in to stir the nest, to push us and propel us into our destiny, yeah? That's what he does. God uses the stuff we find ourselves in. We just have to keep moving in our stuff and not get stuck in it. See, my 2016 and your 2016 depends on that. Depends on you not getting stuck where you're at right now. So don't be surprised when you're getting a bit comfortable and you think you've got it figured out if all of a sudden God comes and stirs up the nest, It's not to harm us, but it's to push us because we've got a bigger destiny. Why? Because we're Christians. Why? Because we're Christ ones. Why? Because we're the example of a living God to a lost and a dying world. We have a bigger destiny. God has got new levels and new favor and new influence and more resources. His dream for us, for you, yeah, is bigger than you can imagine. And it starts now. Papa's dream and promise for Paul was bigger than he could imagine when he was Saul. His dream and promise for Joseph was bigger than his colored coat. And his dream and promise for you is bigger than than you and I can ever imagine. So don't get stuck in the stuff. I love this scripture in Daniel chapter 3. And it says, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abnego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Bulbar and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames But this is where you can't get stuck because sometimes it feels like the enemy's throwing us in life into roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. Get this, I see four men unbound, walking around, four men unbound, walking around. They were walking through their stuff. And the fourth looks like a God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come out here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego stepped out into the fire. It was only after they walked in their stuff that they discovered their purpose. It was only as they walked through their fire that they confronted their promised land. The living God was there for them in their moment. And in that moment, even the king said, oh my goodness, come out from there. You guys, you you serve the living God. See, if we get stuck in our stuff, people will never see the living God in you or me. But when we're walking through it, Even when we hate it, when we're walking through it, it's in that moment that God comes and meets us. It's in that moment that those that are in the world will say, you serve the living God. How did you get through that? I don't know how you even survived that. How did you do it? But the living God meets you in that place. But if we get stuck there, we miss it for us and we miss it for everybody else. Don't get stuck in your stuff. We're going to sing a song. See, the only way through your stuff sometimes is to move, yeah? And the only way to move is to start lifting your voice and to sing praises to the King. To sing praises to His name. And as you start to lift Him up, as you lift Him up in your stuff, He will meet you in the fire. But not before. So I'm going to open the altar. For all of us. Because I think in 2016, for some of us to fulfill and to reach and to cross over into the promised land that God has for us, we need to move out of some stuff. We need to let go of some of the past, some of the hurts. We need to let go on how God worked in your life once because He wants to do it a new way. He worked with Shadrach, Meshach and Abnega. He worked with them, but they found themselves in the fire. He wanted to do something new. And today, for your 2016, God wants to do something new. But you're the one that's in control. You're the one that has to move. And you're the one that has to walk, yeah? So as we sing, this altar's open, amen? So you choose. Bless you, God.